0: This is Photo Biz X episode number 438 and today we are talking numbers, conversions and sales with successful boudoir photography operator Danielle Tessirio where she reveals the ins and outs of her business and how she's built it to the success it is today. That interview is coming up in just a minute. Are you planning to have a successful wedding and portrait photography business? Join Andrew as he interviews successful photographers and business experts to
1: fast-track your success. Welcome to the
0: Photo Biz Exposed podcast with your host, Andrew Helmich. Hey, it's Andrew Helmich here from Impact Images and welcome to this episode of the podcast. I know you are going to love this interview coming up with Danielle and what I particularly love about The timing of this interview is I had a chance to record it a day after I spoke to another boudoir photographer who is struggling with her conversions after attracting leads via Facebook ads and giveaways. Danielle does things a little differently, has a fantastic track record, and as you'll hear, it's all about the numbers and the conversions. From there, the sales just happen almost seamlessly, but we'll get into that in just a minute. If you didn't catch last week's episode with Sam Gilmore, make sure you get back and check that one out, particularly if you need a dose of inspiration, if you're struggling with cash flow, or you are looking to introduce kindergarten photography to your business. Sam went into great detail about how he really needed to increase his cash flow. He put all his fears aside, started cold calling in person the local kindergartens in his area, booked some sessions and has since had two of the best months in his business so make sure you go and check out that one with sam gilmore from last week's episode okay we're going to jump into this interview with danielle in just a second stick around after the interview i've got two quick announcements for you one is in regard to a ten thousand dollar giveaway for portrait photographers it's a competition it's super easy to enter I'll have more details about that after the interview. Plus, if you are looking to build a roadmap for your photography business in 2022, I've got details how you can get access to a free webinar with photography business coach Joel Dunn. Also, after this interview with Danielle. You're listening to Photo Biz Exposed with your host, Andrew Helmich. Oh, and just quickly, if you are hearing this announcement, it does mean you are listening to the free version of the podcast. All that means is you won't hear the full interview today with Danielle. I am saving a large portion of the second half for premium members only. If you are loving what Danielle shares in the first half and you'd like to access the full interview, you can do that for as little as $1 with a trial membership. It's a 30-day trial membership. It's only $1 you can get details about that at photobizx.com forward slash try and of course if you are loving what you get in that first 30 days your membership will go to $20 per month which in my opinion and the opinion of every photobizx premium member is absolute chicken feed for the value that you get in return go and check it out photobizx.com forward slash try Welcome to another great eye for business. It's time for Andrew's special guest. Today's guest has focused on photographing women specifically for almost 10 years. She has a women-only staff and works from a studio loft in Northern Virginia in the USA. And she says on her website, our minimum product investment for clients starts at $795. Some invest a little and many invest several thousands on a session with us. Her photography portfolio is stunning and features women of all shapes and sizes, all beautifully lit, posed and framed. Her website, social media and approach to business is clearly aimed at setting up a call with anyone interested in a boudoir session or even thinking about it. So something tells me that to be as successful as she is, there must be some magic to these phone conversations which she's having with prospective clients. I'm talking about the lovely Danielle Tessirio from Evoke Boudoir, and I'm wrapped to have her here with us now. Danielle, welcome.
1: Thank you so much, Andrew. I'm so excited to be here. That was the best introduction. I feel like I should play that every time a client walks in the door. <laughs>
0: <laughs> well, I mean, I said how successful you are, and by all accounts, I hear, and it looks like you are successful. How is business? Um, I want to say post-pandemic. I guess we're still in the middle of it a little bit, but how's business?
1: Sure. Yeah. You know, we shut down for a few, about two and a half months, but um, have been on an upward trajectory. So this year, my revenue is like gross revenue is set to hit about 600,000 and that is one genre of boudoir and one photographer. I'm shooting about three to four times a week. So yeah, business is fantastic. Like I said, I feel like we, we were chatting just a little bit before we hopped on, but having a luxury brand makes you a little nervous when the world shuts down. But what I found was that the clientele was just shifting. So I had people who are just, who are still working through the pandemic and we're looking for some kind of escape. were still celebrating their anniversaries and birthdays and gifts for themselves. And still were celebrating themselves with a boudoir shoot. So it was a mindset shift for me, for sure, as much as You know, growing in business usually is, you know, we have been doing absolutely fantastic. And now I'm in this 2,500 square foot commercial studio, which is about seven minutes from my house. You had mentioned my website is probably old and it still says that we shoot in a loft. I shot in a loft apartment for about three and a half years. And then recently during the pandemic in January of this year, moved over to a commercial space that has essentially like two separate studios. So
0: yeah, it's wild. Okay. All right. Already you sound like such a gutsy woman and business operator because when the pandemic hits, so let me take you back to that time. that The pandemic hits, you shut down for two and a half months. Are you still paying a lease or are you did you own the space you were working from?
1: Sure. So I was already actually like on an uptick in business growth. So I was less nervous than some that I was, I was playing a lease for sure. I was still playing a lease there. I actually was paying a lease doubly for a while. I was just finishing up the lease that I had there while I was paying this one, but I was still comfortable in, in paying that while that was happening. However, you know, I think everybody felt it right at the beginning. No one knew what was happening, how this was going to affect their business. Obviously in the States, we had the paycheck protection program, which we're able to like, essentially say what type of business expenses we might have and then apply for a loan that way. I did that just to cover my bases, but it turns out I really didn't need to do that like as much, but yeah. So again, we just kept doing what we were doing and put our heads down and pretended as if there were people out there that needed our services, even though they were luxury.
0: Fantastic. So you obviously had enough confidence to take on a brand new lease for this bigger space, Yeah. even during the pandemic. So, I mean, the future is looking bright.
1: Yeah. So that's it's kind of interesting, actually, because I was looking at this space, um, half of the space that I'm in right now, the space that if you were seeing on the video we are in, and I actually, towards the, about three or four months ago, I decided that I was going to take the space that's next to mine. Cause there were two spaces that were here. So thank God I had the ability to do something iteratively and say like, okay, I'm going to do this and let's see how business goes coming into this commercial space. My sales average did rise regardless of whether that was my own mentality. I believe that there are many studios that are very successful in their homes or in a, like a home like environment for me, I felt like it gave us this little bit of an edge that then bumped our sales average up to close to 5,500. So my sales average currently is around 5,500, which helps to get towards that 600,000 that we're going to hit for 2021.
0: So phenomenal. So good. Yeah. Now you just said we. I said that you have an all women staff. Yeah. Who else is there working with you?
1: Of course. So I have had Carolyn Toms as my hair and makeup artist. I've I've worked with her for 10 years and she also came to serve as my studio manager. Obviously during the pandemic, hair and makeup artists, people that work face-to-face with clients were hit pretty significantly when it comes to the wedding industry. So we basically just pivoted. I knew there were things that I'd like to take off my plate including consulting with clients, um, booking. That's how we book our clients is always through consultation calls. So I said, how about you become my studio manager? And there's different things that I would like you to do. So Carolyn's been working with me for 10 years. We obviously have other artists that we work for with whenever she's not available. And then I use a female retoucher that I work with. She actually is in Idaho. So she is kind of a virtual assistant for us, but. Yeah. Those two things have really helped me. The outsourcing of those things has helped the business grow exponentially, I feel for sure.
0: So it sounds like you had all the weight on your shoulders until you started outsourcing a little bit. So now what's your role in the business? I'm guessing marketing and shooting.
1: Yeah. So, you know, marketing is... A little bit set it and forget it right now. There are things that I'm going to need to change since Facebook and Instagram have changed. I do have some long running ads that work really well for us, as well as many boudoir photographers have VIP groups on Facebook that help them as a marketing funnel. But yeah, so shooting for me is one, obviously the client interaction. And then um, the sales process, I think, which is the most fun for me. I've tried to get Carolyn interested in maybe doing some of that. Uh, that makes her feel uncomfortable, which is fine. I feel like I get that when I first started selling to clients. I was doing it in you know restaurants near where I used to work full time. I actually worked full-time and then also ran a boudoir business at the same time and would meet clients like at a local pizzeria. I've grown to really love the sales process because there's nothing really salesy about it for me. There are obviously things that we do during our sales process that help to increase our sale because that's the goal. But my images now sell themselves. I can never make a client, can never you know twist a client's arm and make them buy something that they don't want to buy. But there certainly are ways that you can present images to a client that help them buy more. And those are things that you discover through patterns of behavior whenever you do in-person sales, which I absolutely love. And we do that over my shoulder here, which if you're listening on a podcast, you can't see, but I have a large television here and like a living room set where we invite clients in, offer them champagne, and we go through images and we pick out what they want. And they tell me how much they hate me because they love their images so much and they can't decide. So yeah, that's fun. That's really fun to surprise clients, really. And how much they love images of themselves. That is so good. Half
0: clothed. (laughs) (laughs) Or less.
1: (laughs) Yeah, right. Yeah. In fact, those are the ones that they love the most. And I, you know, convincing clients to shoot fine art nude or nude or to be topless, you know, it comes easier during the shoot because they obviously develop a trust for me with me. And then after, when they see their images, they're like, I can't believe how much I love these. And I didn't buy anything. I didn't buy any expensive piece of lingerie for this. And it's just me. So yeah, that's really exciting. That's fun for people to you know, just appreciate themselves
0: for themselves. So good. So I want to dive deeper into the phone calls and those, those consultations in just a minute. But just answer me one thing. Mm-hmm. When you're having those phone conversations, do you chat to the women about potentially having nude photos? And are they aghast at the idea? And then you just let it go? Or do you like, hey, just wait and see?
1: You know, we talk less about like the outcome and more about what they want, right? How do they want to feel when they come out of it? What kind of, you know, words that involve more empowerment and words that involve like, do you want to feel beautiful? So those are things that actually come up a little more passively after they book. So we will talk about things like we will ask them what level of comfort they have you know, do they feel most comfortable in lingerie or do they want to take it all the way to doing shooting fine art needs? And they have the ability to choose kind of a smorgasbord of that. And sometimes those things change, but obviously as a photographer who shoots boudoir, I know that I'm in a position of authority whenever they're in my studio. So having that information in advance versus asking them when they're here or on a phone call, gives that little bit of, you know, uh, it's that passive nature that allows them to feel like they're in control of what takes place during their boudoir shoot, because not everybody is comfortable doing that for one reason or another. And that's fine. That It's my job to kind of tailor their shoot towards that, even though I know that I feel that their experience, you know, seeing themselves shed bare is, is good for them. That's good for me more than it's good for them. You know, they have to really be in the driver's seat when it comes to that.
0: Got it. Got it. All right. I'm going to do things a little bit on their head and do this in reverse because I feel like the phone calls are going to be the coolest part for me to learn about and for the listener to hear about. So, But I know that you're passionate about sales and I know the business doesn't operate without sales and your sales are amazing. What is it that makes them so good?
1: You know, I think it is constantly tweaking your pricing list and not being afraid to, you know, learn from the patterns of behavior. So my background, my major in college was anthropology and studying how people interact with one another. And I took that right into the sales room. So if I notice that uh, it comes down to a couple of things, showing enough images and showing enough variety of images. Right. So for me my top collection currently is closer to $12,000, okay?
0: Wow, Which okay.
1: is bananas. You know, I remember I grew up, I grew up, I love saying that. I grew <laughs> up listening to Sue Bryce and being like, you know, she would say that her average sale, everyone that walked in the door spent, you know, $3,500 or 5000 And I was like, that's amazing, you know, until someone gives you the permission to to do that yourself. So I kind of blew the top off. Of my top collection, which was closer to $8,000, so that then that $8,000 collection would seem more doable, right? The top collection is always the sky high, you know, something to say, I can't do that, but let's step down. And that somehow, you know, $8,000 becomes more attainable. So really, I just focused on what is my middle collection. What do I want my average sale to be? That is where that should be. And therefore, and then the tr- sales will absolutely drive themselves to that. Now, you absolutely need to show enough variety that will allow you to get as many images that are included in that. Um, for me, that is 50 images, which means that a client would have to get rid of almost half of their images during you know, first call, second call, third call. So, and that is where I find myself at closer to $5,500. So Yeah. I think what drives it is presenting images. I present them in both color and black and white.
0: Every image?
1: Yes. So every image is presented in both color and black and white. I used to offer like the match to an image. So if you are ordering 30 or 40 images, you could add on to a collection. I stopped doing that for a number of reasons. And clients, first of all, because they were just taking too long during their ordering sessions because they were like so worried about getting one or the other that I was like, don't worry about it. But what I'm doing is presenting more variety in my images when they're seeing them as a whole. So they're choosing black and white, then they're choosing color. And then whenever they see their images in a grouping, there's a lot more variety there than just color. And I always change my color images into black and white. I do a film edit that makes sense for their skin tone. It's not just a conversion. So it has lots of contrast. It's really good. And I feel like boudoir demands black and whites for all of them so and I think that it helps your clients especially if you're like just getting into in-person sales that that you're not stuck with okay here's these images which ones do you like you're just allowing them to to dip their toe into making decisions so you're saying which do you like of these black and white or color or do you not like it at all should it be deleted right hard nose is that first round for me and that helps you understanding what they're looking for, what they like, what they don't like about images. You know, I, I notice patterns and I'll comment on them. Oh, Hey, you know, I noticed that you got rid of a lot of images of your booty, you know, tell me a little bit more about that. And then I'll say something like, Oh, well, you know, if, especially if they have a partner, you have to think about some of the voyeuristic shots because, you know, husbands and partners really love those images and they're like, Oh, okay. You know, and that's, Completely true. You know, I want them to be aware of what I know happens whenever a partner is in the studio and they're ordering as well. So again, like the sales session, it tells you so much about what's working with your price list and what's not most importantly, what's not working with your price list, you know, to say, oh, if somebody finds a loophole in your price list and they're like, oh, I want to do this, this, and this. Immediately change it the next day, like take it out. Like there's no reason why. And I, we do that all the time. You know, I'll add things in for the most part, the cost per image stays the same so that I'm not. And if a client comes in and say, you know, I know that I came in at this, like they're always right. You know, we're going to, if that's what they feel like I said to them, even if they completely misunderstood, they're always right. And I allow the work to speak for itself and the work to sell itself because ultimately that's the goal. They aren't really buying anything. They're looking at a price list before they come in for a photography experience. It's your job to deliver on the
0: product. Got it. Got, okay. So after the session, so you, you obviously you send your images away, you do a bit of a color yourself, you do an edit yep. and your are and does some retouching. Yeah. So when the client comes back for that sales session, that's on a different day, isn't it?
1: It is. Yeah. So we usually, so after a session concludes here at the studio, I'll have them come over, you know, where I'm offering water and snacks, something. And we sit down and we talk, I give them a little primer on what to expect that day that whenever they see their images, it is the one and only time to view and purchase from those images. I make sure that that's clear on multiple in multiple communications. I say it verbally. We send a number of different emails out to them in advance, making sure that they see the price list, that they're aware of it. We have a little trick that we send out and make sure that they see it and they're responding to us.
0: What, like you ask a question to see if they've read it?
1: I ask a question to see whether or not they've seen it. And honestly, like that's rarely an issue. That a client really doesn't understand. We actually don't. I don't even refer to them as reveals anymore. I refer to them as ordering appointments. And I know that you've interviewed Jen Bruno Smith before. Very similar in her in her pattern of the way that she does her sales. So yeah. So they come in on a different day. I make sure that everything looks good color wise and tone wise, and then I will run it through. I probably run it through a little bit of portraiture. Maybe I shouldn't. Retouchers out there would be like, oh my God, but that's what I do.
0: I like portraiture. I like it. It works great. Yeah.
1: <laughs> and then it comes back to me and then I convert it to black and white.
0: So when that client comes in you've know, you sit down, you've had some snacks, a drink, you've talked about the process. Do they see their, their photos on the big TV screen as a slideshow and with music, or do you just jump straight into Pro Select or Swift galleries?
1: We go right in from Lightroom.
0: Oh, okay. Straight into Lightroom. Right.
1: I used to show a slideshow. And I've taken it out. I don't believe it's necessary anymore. I still feel like I can bring clients in, hype them up on their images and dive right in. I felt like for a long time, it was just a week. Again, it's great. It might work for clients. My level of shooting and my level of sales, I felt like I could do okay without it. It was not something, the only time it was really successful for me in a sales process was whenever I was selling it And I was including way too many images. So clients were like, oh, so I can get this as well as this. Awesome. And then it was actually like cannibalizing some of my sales. So I stopped doing that. I was preparing images like much less, but then I was like, why am I even doing this? I don't believe it's necessary. So I stopped doing it. And I actually, I did not see a drop in my sales at all, which told me again, it's like, you have to experiment with those things and see you know, even though it's a smaller experiment, because you're only seeing a few people come in, you know, whether something's working or it's, or it's not working. And if it's taking too much of your time, which is so valuable. And if you decide to take it out and it's not affecting anything, even though everyone does it, or you feel like everyone is doing this thing, that's fine. If it works for you, that's fine. That's a big takeaway for me is like, if this is not, you know, and cause clients don't know that clients don't totally know. They don't have their thumb on the pulse of the photography industry like we do. And it was saving me a lot of time, especially for in-person. I have been doing, I have done zoom sales as well, depending on where the client's coming from. And also then during COVID, obviously we got really good at, um, which is great because zoom calls are just like this interview today. We hop on, there's really not a whole lot of small talk. And then we say goodbye and that's it. You know, when clients are in the studio, as much as we love them, you know, we still need to take time with them and nurture them and ask them if they need to use the restroom and if they need to leave. And that all that time takes away from, you know, our experiences, people outside of being a photographer with our kids and our family and everything.
0: Sure. Absolutely. Absolutely. So you you have your little bit of chit chat, small talk, and you open up Lightroom. You're there on the couch with the client. Yeah. Is it straight away then into, okay, do you like this image or not? Or is it, do you show a series of four images and say, choose one?
1: Good. Yeah. So we start out and I kind of give them a forecast because clients want to feel like they're not being, they understand where we're going, right? During the sales process, just like when you go in to buy a car, right? You want to feel like the person that is selling to you is giving you some kind of control over what's happening. Cause ultimately we don't, they're in control. We're just doing our best about what we know about sales to make the outcome the best for us. So when they come in, I say, you know, we're going to look through everything as many times as you need to see it. So even though it is the one and only time for them to view an order, they're going to see those images as many times as they need to see them. And then I explain the first round is going to be hard nose. So I even equate it to an apologies if this is an American thing we have a show called the B- bachelor where you give a rose to a prospective suitor that's how i describe it i'm like we might be giving a rose to this image but they're not going to make it all the way to the end right <laughs> you don't need to feel like you're committing to them and that gives that takes pressure off i like uh, that because they need to know that they're able to say no at any point in time so first round is always about a hard nose and we're looking at color or black and white. So if it's not a hard no, then they're choosing between color and black and white. So then they get used to making choices. Um, They get used to making decisions. And then we go into a second round that involves eight images at a time. I've seen other photographers do eight to 10 images. Eight is usually enough for them to communicate both in person as well as Zoom. So you need the client to be able to tell you if they're not in front of you, which image they're talking about. So always say like top or bottom, one, two, three, four. They're going to tell me, and it's always about culling. It's not about picking which ones they want. It's always about eliminating, doing the harder thing, right? Because with each of those tiny little paper cuts of having to remove images that they, you know, that they really don't want to remove in that because they like them at least in the beginning, we're always, you know, which one is it? We're going to make it larger for them. And then I always use the phrase delete. I say, delete, you know, I make it as hard as possible (laughs) and make that's the realization is that that is it's gone. You know, we create a commodity that is, it is there, it exists, and then it does not if they choose not to buy it. And that's fine. So
0: good. I love this approach. So if they're getting down below your 50 threshold, which is, I'm guessing that's where you want to sort of keep them, if you think it's getting dangerously low, do you start to, Yeah. this is gorgeous, like why don't you like this one? Do you start talking them into an image, into keeping it?
1: Uh, Sometimes. But you know what? I have found, like again, it's about human behavior. I can never make a client buy something that I love and they don't. That's why we have to show them so many images because they're slight, you know, there's just something about an expression that makes that, that expression to them feel inauthentic, you know, for the longest, even like a lot of the really sensual images that I know that perhaps their partner would really love. They're not used to seeing themselves like that because their eyes are closed when they're actually making this expression. So like, and I think it looks really sensual. And I was like, you know, and they're like, no, <laughs> like, no, I look silly But I can say things that will sway them one way or the other when it, especially it comes to someone who's not in the room. What I pay more attention to is should I take it to like a third round where we go to a full outfit? Like I forecast that for them. Like we're going to do first, we're going to do one image at a time and then we're going to do eight images. And then we're going to go look at a full outfit at a time. So you can see everything that's there. If I feel like they're getting too low um, because some some clients are just, they're decision makers, even in their own jobs. They are used to culling and making da, 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 da. So you need to put on brakes and say, oh, let's pull out to 30,000 feet here. You're at, you know, 57 images. That puts you seven images above our, in our case, our platinum collection, because then they're like, oh, well, that's where I wanted to come in, anyway, right? They, in there, you don't know what a client's budget is. You know, I always tell them, obviously, that that's our most popular collection because it's our middle. It is essentially based on averages. It is our most popular collection, so they will come in, but they're not going to tell you. Just like when you walk in to buy something very expensive. They're not going to say, I have this much cash in my pocket, you know, to get this, I want a cash discount or whatever it is you might offer. So I'm paying attention to that because if they are really a hard color in the beginning, then I make sure that I pull back on the reins and say, this is where you are and tell them. I try not to tell them because then clients will be a little more, how do I describe it? So, um, Especially, it's funny, this is not sexist, but if there is a partner in the room that happens to be a man, (laughs) they will say, okay, so then I need to get 20%. I need to get rid of 20% of what's here. And I'll, I'll try to say, well, your wife or your partner might really love one outfit more than the other. So that doesn't work. That logic really, it doesn't work. It does not work. Like they're just gonna like more than others. So to make them, force them to choose from something they really love, to maybe the first outfit where they were feeling a little more nervous. So that's why it's so important that we're there during an in-person sales process, because we can say those things that are like, yeah, yeah. Oh, you do have experience with doing this, you know, three or four times a week. Um, (laughs) And it is just, again, I want everyone to leave my sales process feeling good, you know, that they, yes, absolutely. This type of photography is an investment when, you know, when I tell people, Or when people leave here investing over $5,000, they did not expect to do that. But I delivered on value and I delivered on experience. So, and I want them, I want that to carry over. Do they feel good? Is this good? Are you ready? Are you ready to close? You know, I'm always, you're always closing as a salesperson, but you're doing so in a way that is not pushy and you're not pushing them out the door. They're feeling and they should say, thank you so much, right? Yes. Thank you so much for this. Thank you so much for allowing me to open my pocketbook and give you $5,000 today.
0: <laughs> so do you prefer to have the partner or husband there or would you rather deal with the woman alone?
1: Sure, it depends. I think, you know, just like anything with personalities, I think you always, if you are having a partner there, you want to make sure you know it in advance. Sometimes we don't. Like sometimes I'll have clients that will show up definitely because they decided, well... For whatever reason, they looked at the price list and they're like, well, maybe if he's here, he'll allow me to buy more. I hate saying that. Or he'll want to buy more because he'll want me to buy more because he sees them. So regardless of what happens, I always make sure that at least everyone is educated on price, even if it's a surprise. So if it's a surprise and I'm like, oh, hey, how are you? Awesome. Let me tell you how we normally run sales sessions whenever partners are here. And you have to take that control for so many reasons obviously because you don't want to surprise and make anyone feel uncomfortable about your price list because they weren't educated on it because that can turn sour very quickly especially if you know my collections range from 3 to 12,000 um that can be kind of shocking for some people so I always even before we start or I'll say like is this a gift should we have him step out when we talk about
0: price <laughs> nice
1: yeah you really just want to be sure of that and then I will say, I talk a little bit about choosing images because they're there um, as a part of the culling process. And I explain to them why it's always nice to, because I, I think that this is my first interaction with a partner, right? The client has already trusted me. They're great. So I am building trust with him or her, you know, depending on the partnership type. And I will say, listen, you know, I always make the client make the choice first. And then you're the tiebreaker because, and you know this, and I'll say, you know, and you understand you're going to like an image that she might not like, and you might not like an image that she really loves. And I know you don't want to put your foot in your mouth by saying like, I don't like an image. So, and that's because it, it's going to ruin the whole experience for her. And they're like, yes, thank you so much. Because You know, they often, you know, a client is looking for, they want their partner to be excited about what they're seeing and love what they're seeing. But the partner doesn't want to be put on the hot seat. So it gives them an out, but also keeps like streamlined of this. The client is the one that is making the choice. They're making a tiebreaker when it really isn't important to them. So yeah, that seemed to have worked.
0: Do you know what I what I really love about this? Like for the portrait photographer that's listening, I mean, I've been in so many cases where I photographed a family, but the mom comes along, you know, or the sister, but she's not the one that's making the purchase. And she's always putting her thoughts and ideas in. I'm like... I would love to have said what you say It's hey, you might not like something that she loves. It's better not to put your foot in your mouth. That is so good.
1: Yes. Always put the power back in the person that is going to be making the investment. And at the end of the day, you're preserving relationships there. Yes. And you're explaining how you're going to do that. Because people mean well. Everybody means well. But we always have not my mother-in-law in in particular, but like the family mother or the auntie that like always has something to say. So you're just nipping it in the bud in advance because, you know, people think that their criticism is always welcomed and it's not, not always, not even for sales, like sales aside. Your job and my job, I feel, as a boudoir photographer or as a portrait photographer is providing images that lead for you know a family and a mother and a you know all these relationships to feel very confident about their images that you created. So just being able to harness that and control the process in a way that makes them feel like they're in control. Yes. And they are. They are. At the end of the day, they're the ones that are gonna decide whether they're going to write you a check for three, four, 4000
0: five 5000 I love it. I love it. I want to take you back to the top of the funnel. And interestingly, I had a conversation yesterday with a boudoir photographer, and she's really tired of running promotions where it's a free session, includes a print, and then she has to get on the phone, do a qualification process. They learn about a $500 session fee, and then they're like, no, we're not going ahead. So she was looking for a way to get people to pay that $500 before she has to talk to them or only if they're ready to commit to that $500. She's just tired of making those calls. How would you respond to that photographer? Premium members of PhotoBiz Exposed
1: hear more of the best photography business strategies from every guest. People are going to tell you, no, but... That's not indicative always of how you performed in that call. It's just get to the next at that.
0: Yes. I love this. That's exactly what I wanted to hear. That was so good. So um, (laughs) do you actually help other photographers with this stuff?
1: Sure, I do. I actually really like working with photographers one-on-one. I have spoken at Boudoir Live, which was this past, um, oh my gosh, I'm forgetting which month it was in, but at WPPI, before WPPI. Jen Bruno Smith, they were doing a boudoir conference and I spoke there. And I love talking to photographers one on one. I do offer mentoring. I offer 30 minutes of like free mentoring, like off the bat, because it's the same thing. Like, are we going to be a good fit? Do I feel like I can help you with the problem that you're bringing me? And I was there. Like, I started out shooting out of my townhouse, my master bedroom in a townhouse that I had. For like a year and a half, my husband and I slept in a guest bedroom. I started very humbly and now I'm in a 2,500 square foot. I'm making over a half million dollars by myself. You know, growth is so possible for those people that are willing to seek it out and ask questions and ask what they think are silly questions or stupid questions. So yeah. Awesome. I love it. It makes me happy. Just like I'm sure it makes you happy to, to learn things from photographers all over the world.
0: It blows me away. It still, it still does to this day after eight years. It's still amazing. Let me just ask you one more thing before I let you go, Danielle. Once someone comes into your world, a potential client, you're having a phone conversation. They're not ready to move forward yet. It sounds like your next really big aim is to get them into your Facebook group. Is that the primary thing for you to and onto your email list, which you'll automatically have anyway?
1: Yeah. It is, you know, we are going to do our best, and also if they are because we're booked so far out for us, it's a little bit more about like, do you want to be on our waiting list? We're always going to try to get them on a phone call so we can educate them and connect with them because even though they'll come into us with a particular deadline, you know, the goal here is how can we nurture you and make you a conversion later on? You know, it's rarely that that clients are kind of going to Google for boudoir and decide that day that they're going to book a session. So absolutely, we have a very active Facebook group that we are posting all the time. And it's very, it's actually very low sales. Like, unless we're running something very special, it's very centered around providing information about shoots, like, you know, links to buy things. Laundry is like the wardrobe is the biggest issue for them. And so I have, I should have have mentioned Lauren. She's my social media manager. So she helps, like create links and I really just let her do what she wants to do on social media. So yes, I think that you can never don't discount the leads that come in always thinking about if they're telling you no then tell them how to go somewhere else so that they can continue to see your content um, be pushed your content whether it's a newsletter or if they join your you know Facebook group. because again, like especially with boudoir, even like even portraits like at a high-end experience it's thousands of dollars they've had, sometimes let them mull over it for a while and they have to trust that you're going to deliver for them or they need to see someone in your work that represents them and they're like you know what that's me i can do this
0: so good so good i love it daniel you have been amazing i feel like i've had you talked out you're gonna need a glass of wine after this one look matthew thanks for coming on and sharing everything you have where is the best place for the listeners to see more of you more about you and where they can follow up
1: absolutely so obviously you you can find me at evokeboudoir.com. And then as well, Instagram, you can follow me on my stories again, evoke boudoir E-V-O-K-E-B-O-U-D-O-I-R. And I would love, again, if you heard me on this podcast, I will say this as well. If you hear me on this podcast, please send me a direct message because I'd be happy to send you. And if you have a question about something, I'm happy to send you a direct video message right back. I love helping photographers grow their business. You know, I've, I've done a lot in 10 years and I'd like to see so many photographers out there get go beyond what's in their head and really succeed.
0: Unreal. Danielle, you are amazing. And again, massive thanks for coming on and sharing what you have. Thank you.
1: Absolutely, absolutely.
0: hope you enjoyed that interview with Danielle as much as I did. Danielle, if you are listening, again, thank you so much for coming on, for sharing everything you have. Massive congrats on your success. I absolutely love the way you are running your business and you really do deserve all the success that's coming your way. So again, Danielle, thank you so much. And for you, the listener, I do hope you got a ton from what Danielle had to share. If there was something that she did share that you thought, yes, I can use that in my business, I would love to hear about it. I know Danielle would as well. Leave a comment at the bottom of the show notes. And this week, those show notes are at photobizx.com forward slash 438. Now, in those show notes, I've got links to anything and everything that Danielle mentioned. I've also got examples of her beautiful work. It's all there in the one spot plus where you can find her online. And if you are a Photo Premium member, I'll be adding Danielle into the members' Facebook group, so you'll have easy access to her there if you have any follow-up questions or if you'd just like to say thanks for coming on and sharing what you have. You're listening to the number one photography business podcast with Andrew Helmich, photobizx.com. I mentioned at the top of the show, there is a $10,000 giveaway for portrait photographers. This is a competition that is opening on November 10th. All you need to do to enter the competition is go to photobizx.com forward slash 10K giveaway. That's all one word. And 10 is using the numerals 1 and 0. So 10 giveaway. It's super easy. All the instructions are there to enter the competition. There are 22 separate prizes that add up to the value of $10,000. Some of the prizes included are a social media caption creator system from Little Life, which is normally $660. There's the Academy of Newborn Photography Advanced Certificate course, normally over $1,000. There's an online teaching video bundle from Erin Elizabeth. There's the brand new Get GetRabbit Photography Education and Rad Video and Rad Blogs courses. You can also win Business Coaching from Kim Marie Photography Business Coach. There's a Copywriting Strategy Call, Lightroom Presets, Digital Backdrops and a ton more things there. So again, to enter that competition, head over to photobizx.com forward slash 10k giveaway. And lastly, if you are looking to map out your 2022, so next year for your business, Joel Dunn has put together or he's putting together a free webinar. This is to help you map out your marketing and business goals for next year. It is free. There are only limited spots, so it's first in Best Dressed. I do have a link to how you can register in the show notes for today's episode, or you can just email Joel, and his email address is joel at jdmindsetcoaching.com.au. And the idea of the webinar is that you map out where you want to be at the end of 2022, how you're going to get there, and the strategy to implement the things that you need to do to reach your goals next year. Alrighty, that is it for this episode of the podcast. I hope you got a ton from what Danielle had to share. Don't forget to look her up inside the members Facebook group if you're a Photo Premium member hope you have an amazing week wherever you are in the world for me it's going to be an easier week off the bike exercise wise i've got my state championships coming up on sunday i've been training hard for this event for well for months now i feel like i've put in all the work that i could have and i'm really looking forward to getting down there and getting that race done after all the preparation i've put in okay hope this week is a productive one for you i'll be back next week with another episode with another interview until then stay safe healthy and well and i'll talk to you soon bye for now if you have enjoyed this episode
1: head to photobizx.com
0: join the conversation
1: leave a comment and share your thoughts on the interview with andrew and today's special guest